sometimes it's like, wow, we 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 really, mm-hmm. you know, are not of the major- majority. I think we're of the minority in how we've combined everything and how we uh, uh, act with each other and how, how in love we are. And interact with one another. You know, it's, it's yeah. different. And then, you know, you hear, oh, you know, y'all knew it's going to wear off. Come back and talk to me in 10 years, 15 years. And it's like, it's going to be even worse then. Yeah, we're just getting closer and closer. And, 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 and the moment that you think you can't love a person anymore, um, you wake up and it's like, wow, you know, I'm, I'm even more um, in love. But Todd, we've, we've lived and we've learned. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we, this didn't come easy. Um, it, it came by learning some, some pretty, you know, crucial lessons about um, relationships. This is the 40 Lessons Podcast. My name is Todd B. Waldo. As always, thank you so much for checking out 40 Lessons. I did a little something different for this episode. Uh, I talked to my friend Katina Jones, and she said, you know, what if we brought Robert into the conversation and talked to both of us at the same time? I was like, that's fantastic. That's a great idea. So we did it. Katina Jones and Robert Jones. Let me listen. There was so much black love flowing on this podcast. Like it's it was beautiful to see the two of them talk and share both about their marriage and what that's like for them and for their blended family and for the work they do together. Uh, so they are both helping to lead Icon Realty Group. Things are doing in residential as well as commercial. And we've got the Parkside Barbershop and Grooming Lounge as well. Glad that I get to share this with you. Excited to share this with you. Conversation here on the 40 Lessons Podcast. Mr. and Mrs. Jones, Robert and Katina. Stay tuned after because I got to talk about BHC. That's right. Better Housing Coalition organization that both Katina and I are connected to. uh, As well as the Virginia Breast Cancer Foundation. So let's get into the conversation now with Robert and Katina. Then hang on because I got to talk to you a little bit about BHC and the Virginia Breast Cancer Foundation. Let's go. Robert and Katina Jones here on the 40 Lessons Podcast. I'm doing something special today on the 40 Lessons Podcast. We're going to focus on some black love. Woohoo! Focus on some black love. I love it. These two beautiful people sitting in front of me on the screen. I got the Joneses here. Hey, hey. hey. what's happening, everybody? <laughs> Uh, first of all, just thank you for carving out a bit of your morning to catch up with me. Uh, I know you guys just got back in town and you're doing a lot. You're running a lot. So I just appreciate you guys taking a moment to jump on the, uh, jump on the podcast with me. Glad to do it, Todd. Thanks for thinking of us. So I, I want to start this off. Um, you two, how long have you two been married? We have been married just over two years. Just over two years. So I, when I, Katina, when I met you, it was because of BHC. Shout out to mm-hmm. BHC and all the great work. Shout out doing. to BHC, Better Housing Coalition. Um, that was pre-Robert. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that was before this brother caught your eye. <laughs> uh, and then I remember you after Robert. I was like, mm-hmm. she's different. This Tina. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she is. Um. The, 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 the way that you have created partnership with each other, this to me seems very different than what we typically see couples do. Like your partners in business and in life and in so many ways. Um, is that what word do you use? Is that a word that you use to describe what this is for you now? And is, is it partnership? Is that the best word to describe what this is? Um, partnership is a good word, but it's, it's not the best word. Um, selflessness is the word that Robert and I came up with um, very early on. Um, We we both had been recently divorced um, and we, we had a conversation about, you know, what had we learned? Cause you know, we, we don't, we're we're not making those past mistakes again. You know, what, what had we learned and how had we grown and really the word selflessness is, is what we came up with. 
that we hadn't done in our past, but we were committed to doing it um, in this relationship, um, in the present and in the future. So that's really the word that guards and protects our relationship. Um, I put Robert first in every single thing that I do. And he puts me first in every single thing that he does. In that way, neither one of us, um, you know, goes overlooked or um, not considered, um, ignored. Um, everybody, you know, both of us are always putting the other first and, and, and it really, really works. So are we partners? We are. And I mean, we're blessed to be the most amazing partners. Um, we're the best of friends. There's no one else I'd rather spend my time with at work or at home or on vacation or for happy hour. <laughs> um, but the, but the word that, that we use to define uh, what is making this work for us is selplessness. That's just beautiful. I, I just <laughs> have nothing to follow up with so that, too. you know. <laughs> I mean, you know, I think for any of us that have been, whether we've been married or not, if we've been in a relationship and that relationship has ended and we get a shot to do another one, like another romantic relationship, um, you've decided to do something you hadn't done before. Right. Distinctly different. Mm -hmm. uh, Robert, to love a woman in that way, what's helped you do something different than what you've done before because that's a tall order like self selflessness that's a big that's a tall order for well, any person well when you've experienced selfishness uh selflessness even in engaging in a new relationship is something that you know i had to prom promise to myself to make this work and uh you know it's it's just the key to our relationship, you know, uh, it's the key to success. And I said, if you want to be successful in a relationship, when you, if, if you want to be successful in a business, you know, uh, you have to remain selfless and get all your time and attention to that one that you love or that business that you're creating. Because you guys are, you do more than one thing, right? You don't just love each other. Like you got other stuff to right. throughout the day. How do you, how do you set priority for this? Like if this is a really important part of, you know, who you are in your existence, how do you prioritize each other and you got to work and you got family, you got yourselves and you got, you got your own people and individual relationships you have. Like, how do you, how do you set priority for all of that and put that into practice? Um, for me, um, and I'll let Robert speak for himself. For me, it's, it's God, it's my husband, it's my family, mm. it's my business. Um, and, and, and that's the packing order. Um, me and Robert's relationship makes it all so easy because we do it all together. So we get, we're at work every day um, together. Um, not all day because he has his commercial appointments. I have my residential appointments. I'm I'm, you know, brokering the agents, but, you know, we share the same office. Um, so getting time in, whether we're in the office or at, at home, we're fortunate that we live in the community that we that we work, that that we have our office. Um, and like and like I said, um, you know, we're in a place now where our kids are grown. You know, we do have a blended family, but all of our babies, if you will, are young adults and, and independent and self-sufficient people. So Robert and I now can pick up with no notice and catch a flight. Um, of course, pre-COVID, that was a little bit easier. But, you know, point being, we have that flexibility now, being business owners, being empty nesters, that we can pick up and move. And I, I've literally looked at him in the middle of the night and said, Bay, let's go. Um, and he's made flight reservations and the next morning we were out mm -hmm. um so we really do um make the relationship a priority nothing nothing comes before um this relationship this marriage not the children not the business um not our wonderful mothers um we we really do put this first um and really do have our priorities in order 
yeah, she said, for you, she, she said she said it perfectly. You know, we uh, as she stated before, selflessness is what we vow to each other. Uh, you know, three weeks, month into our relationship, and uh, the example of getting up and you know, baby, what do you need? Do you need a reprieve? Do you need to get away? We're gonna make it happen. You know, so we make sure that we uh, we, we 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 take care of ourselves. We take care and really guard our time and we spend like she said the majority of our time together you know so whether it's business and 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 it's true partnership it's true blending so it's not like oh i'm going to see my kids you go see your kids everything is done together as a blended family and as unity and from business from you know our our mothers and mother-in-laws are their friends, they, you know, so everything that we do, we've created that environment and that we're always going to be together and we're going to bring everybody together so that we can enjoy our time, take time for ourselves, as well as include our family in it as well. So it's just, we've been very blessed to have that perfect combination. Do you think it is, you know, I, I get frustrated and disappointed you know, when I see people argue and fight and not, not just come together, especially when the kids are younger, mm-hmm. like it just, it becomes this really, and the kids are the one that suffer because the adults can't be adults and figure out how to process and work through their pain and all the things. Right. Um, is it as simple as being selfish? Do you think that blocks them from being able to have the kind of experience that you're living in right now? That's a beautiful thing to bring family together, to bring people together like that? Well, I think like, it's is a little, it just that simple. I think it's, a, it's not quite that simple <laughs> because there's so many other things and so many other factors. You know, we can't control, you know, our children, our grown children's thoughts. You know, all we can do is be an example and make it a safe environment for them to come to, to where if they aren't embracing it immediately, then they're the outsider. So then they have to make themselves available to, 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 to join this blended family. And, you know, just like in business and just like in family, you know, leadership comes from the top, you know, how everybody falls in line underneath is how they see us as the parents uh, uh, act accordingly at the top. So if we're fighting and fussing, if we're, you know, not on one accord, you know, that makes it that much easier for them not to be on one accord. So this, this, this uh, body of love that, that, that we have for one another, this, I mean, hugging and kissing, showing of affection, you know, everything that we show our kids and we express to them that, hey, my wife comes first. You might have been in my life for 22 years, 23 years, you know, my wife comes first and vice versa, she tells, her girl, my, my husband comes first. Now, you can get in where you fit in or, you know, <laughs> or, or you can be or on, the outside, <laughs> on the outside looking in. You know, so that's, that's, mm-hmm. that's, that's I think, how, we, how we've operated and why it's been successful. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm a big family person, and we really just set the tone for family from um, the beginning. And, and you're right, Todd, it's not, it's not the easiest thing for adults to do the co-parenting I mean it takes maturity um on all sides you know um um Robert's children that that that, um their mother we have a great relationship you know she wants to create that environment um you know she wants an environment where her kids you know feel that love even though they're young adults they're still your children they're always your babies and you know so she she helps to create she helps to support that and create that environment where we can all co-parent and, and, and enjoy the lives of, you know, the kids. And, you know, so when weddings come and babies come and housewarmings come, you know, we're all there together. Graduation, we all, we literally rode together, you know, to um, our kids' graduation. And it's just a beautiful thing. I mean, but, but it, is, it, it is not, you have to work at that. You have to have a mindset that this is what you want to create. Because, you know, I know of so many situations where the adults are just not to come, not able to come to terms with whether it's the divorce, past hurt, disappointments, 
um, or just a maturity level where you can say, okay, this is now about the kids. It's no longer about us. Um, but we've been just fortunate and blessed to have adults in this situation, in this, in this family that want that. And so that's what we've created. That's good. That's good. Are, are you, uh, <laughs> do you see the difference when you guys are around other couples? Like <laughs> if you would, you know, double date, triple date, mm-hmm. like, do you see it? Like, do you see the difference between <laughs> what, what you two are doing and what other, how other couples are living? Um, you, you take that one. <laughs> you take What's that the one conversation out. like in the car after? <laughs> They're like, oh my God, get a room. What is wrong with you? <laughs> what, is, what is wrong with you all? Because uh, Rob, Robert and I make, we don't hide our affections at all. Um, so we are constantly um, expressing our love. We're BBA. constantly gazing at yeah, we're constantly gazing into each other's eyes. And I mean, there's a lot of romance going on when you're around us. So we like to spend our time with other couples that are in love and, um, and, and, and equally, you know, affectionate because we'll, you know, we, we could give you a stomachache because we, I mean, we, I, it, you know, I don't know that 30 minutes or 15 minutes for that matter is going to pass where we haven't given each other a kiss. We haven't embraced, you know, we're not looking across the room and gazing at each other. I mean, it's it's a real love affair. So, and our our friends joke us about it all the time, um, but I think they really they really respect it, and they they they're happy to see us in love. And her mother always asks, "You not tired of each other yet?" You know, uh, <laughs> you know, it, it's funny. No, but, mom, but we're when, not tired of each other yet. <laughs> but when we are with other couples, we do see a difference, and and the conversation in the car. Uh, Sometimes it's like, wow, we, we, we really, mm-hmm. you know, are not of the major- majority. I think we're of the minority in how we've combined everything and how we uh, uh, act with each other and how, how in love we are. And interact with one another. You know, it's, it's different. Yeah. And then, you know, you hear, oh, you know, y'all knew it's going to wear off. Come back and talk to me in 10 years, 15 years. And it's like, it's going to be even worse then. Yeah, we're just getting closer and closer. And, 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 and the moment that you think you can't love a person anymore, um, you wake up and it's like, wow, you know, I'm, I'm even more um, in love. But Todd, we've, we've lived and we've learned, mm-hmm. you know, we, we, this didn't come easy. Um, it, it came by learning some, some pretty, you know, crucial lessons about um, relationships and about love and about marriage. Um, and, and this time, um, we're committed to getting it right and making it work. And, you know, I just, I think we're lucky because we really genuinely like each other as people. Like, mm-hmm. we is, is, is not just the passion side of this. It's like, this guy is really cool. I love his conversation. I love his intellect and intelligence. I love his sense of humor. Um, and so we, we genuinely like and enjoy each other as individuals. And it's not a situation where... Oh yeah, that's my spouse, and you know I'm gonna be bringing him along, and you know no, it's like this is my dude, this is my rider. I I love this guy, I enjoy him, I like him, and so it just it it makes the rest of it so so much easier. That's good. That's really good. Uh, it it reminds me, you know, when we were when we were kids, and we see you know these couples that have been together for you know, 30, 40, 50 years, you know, they met at 15. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You know, but like, you know, I would, you know, like I'd watch, like I remember watching, um, so they were my neighbors, but it was, that was grandma to me. That was grandma and Mr. Butler. They were my neighbors. Um, But I watched two things. I watched Mr. Butler open the door for my grandma. They had an old Lincoln. He would open the door for her, Mm -hmm. right? All the time, right? He always took care of her. And then he got sick. And then I watched her take care of him. Like he had to, she had to feed him, move him around. But like that expression of love. And I didn't, as a kid, I don't know that I would describe it as that now, then, but I, I, knew, I know what it is now. Uh, it, it just, I don't know, like I, I think back to that model. Mm-hmm you all are setting this model for what love looks like for your kids. Mm-hmm. Young adults, you know, I'm sure they, 
either are dating, have dated. So you've seen some people come through and be like, I mean, all right, if that's what you want to do, maybe. Um, but now you're modeling for them what love looks like. Yeah. Do you like at this phase in their life, do you, like, do you have like active conversations with the people that they're dating to help them think through? Like, I don't know, maybe you'll get a chance to be in something as good as what? <laughs> we, 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 uh... we absolutely do. We are definitely straight up no chaser with the kids. Um, you know, Katina, she tells me, you know, um, I don't have a filter. And uh, when, I'm talking to the, when I'm talking to the kids, it's no filter. You know, uh, yeah. you know we, we, we definitely want to meet and spend time with their people that they're dating, you know, so that they can mm-hmm. see what's expected of them through us, you know, so... Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's, it's interesting. We were talking about weddings and stuff. You know, not that any of them are near that time, but they're all between 21 and 26. So, you know, that's something that, you know, the girls are really going to think about. But, you know, they enjoy being around us so much that they're thinking of their honeymoon. You know, is it, is it can y'all come to our honeymoon too? You know, so we've made this environment that's so warm, loving, and something for them to look up to. Fun and fun and something for them to look up to and we and have increased their, to. yeah and we've increased their standards for their potential spouse in the future i believe and that's what our son said he was like you all have really created a, a, a template um that means a lot to us because that definitely was what we set out to do i mean that was our goal we want to you know finally give them a, an example of what love real love looks like and how it behaves and and how it treats one another what marriage looks like what what being a wife looks like and and what being a husband looks like and and so now they can look at us um from every angle you know there's there's nothing falling out of the closet or you know secret arguments um you know we're really fortunate that you know robert and i we don't agree on everything but rarely do we disagree and I, I, I literally cannot remember an argument. Um, but I can remember my grandparents, um, their marriage was a huge example for me. And one of their testimonies was they, they never had an argument. And when you, um, you know, when I was younger, like you were saying, Todd, you know, I was like, that's not possible. Like, you, come on, grandma. Like, that sounds good, but you never had an argument. And, you know, it wasn't that she said they never disagreed but they were always agreeable even in their disagreements. And so I've really patterned, Robert and I have really patterned after that, that if we have a disagreement, number one, we're gonna handle it in an agreeable fashion. Um, Robert has never raised his voice at me. Um, and, and, and I, was, I can't say I've never raised my voice, but when I do, or when I have, he, he's quick. Cause you know, I'm a female, so I have a higher pitch, you know? And so when my pitch goes up, you know, he's very quick to say, no, babe, you know, we're not gonna raise our voice. And so he brings me back in and I calm down and we go back to having a passionate discussion um, about the, you know, the matter at hand, but, you know, fussing and fighting, you know, cursing and, you know, screaming and we just, it's just not something that we engage in. So I do really feel good about the template or the model that we're setting for our kids. And I think, you know, they finally have something that they can look to. And my daughter even said, you know, um, if, if this isn't it, mm. you know, then I don't know what it is. She said, literally, you know, I have this no isn't hope true love. doesn't work. Yeah. There's no if hope. this doesn't work. Exactly. Um, because, you know, we, we, we really um, have created something special here and, and, and they see it. And that's a part of the blessing for me. Everything that we do is about setting an example for the kids, mm-hmm. um, leaving a legacy for the kids. And this marriage is a huge part of that. Yeah. So on the, on the legacy front, um, your relationship doesn't just encompass what you are doing as husband and wife, um, you, you have, it's not just one business, like there are multiple businesses, <laughs> uh, but you are, you are a black man and a black woman leading business. Um, I, I wonder for both of you, being an entrepreneur and starting and running your own thing, were you, were you around that 
you know, as you were, you know, thinking about what you're going to do in life and career, like when did that moment come for you that you said, actually, no, I could probably, I can run my own thing. I don't need to work for anybody else can run and start and do my own thing. Um, I'll start. Okay. I'm sorry, Robert. Do you want to start? Go ahead, baby. Ladies first. <laughs> All right. Well, ironically, Robert and I were both raised by fathers that were um, entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. that were business owners. And that was really the root of it, the seed of it for, for me. My dad always talked about having your own, having something that no one can take away from you. Um, and I started out in corporate America, and I did very well in corporate America. I was in banking. Um, when I left, I was a VP in banking. But, you know, I really got tired mm-hmm. of... Um, being an African-American woman in corporate America, feeling like I really wasn't being paid by, you know, my work. I wasn't getting the, and even though I had, I had, uh, had excelled, I just, uh, the, the ceiling was there. I knew that I, I was not going to be able to go much further. Mm-hmm. Um, I was tired of being a token black person on every committee, every pallet, you know, what have you. And I, and about the age of 30, you know, I, I realized that, it was time for me to step out and create my own. And as hard as I had worked for the bank, as much money as I had made for the bank, um, because I was in a sales position there also, but I could do this for myself and it would be so much more rewarding. And, and no one, the sky would be the limit. You know, no one could tell me that I had reached the top of my, you know, my pay bracket or what have you. And it was absolutely the best decision that, you know, I, I ever made. I mean, my dad was right. There's nothing like, um, the, the liberty and the freedom that comes with owning your own business. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, and I pray daily that I never have to return to corporate America or work, you know, for someone else. And, you know, I, I built this business um, from the ground up. When I came into real estate, it was a 10-year goal for me to open my own business. Mm. Um, so even though when you get your license, technically you're self-employed, you're independent contractor, but I wanted to take it further. I wanted to have my own brokerage. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess now it's been about six or seven years that, you know, we, you know, I, I, I may, I, I brought that, that dream to fruition. Um, I never thought, ever, ever thought that I would be partnering with my husband, with my spouse in my business. And ironically, Todd, it's really funny that uh, when I met Robert, I was looking at, you know, office space because, you know, we had been in business about three years and it was time to start growing. And so, you know, I said, you know, well, I'm in 800 square feet now. That's where we started out, you know. And um, so I'll just double it. I get 1600 square feet and, you know, that should be plenty. Mm-hmm. And so Robert was like, no, that's that's not going to be enough. You know, I had looked at a space and loved the space and was right around the corner from where we were. And he was like, no, that's not going to be enough. You know, you need, you look at this 3000 square feet. And I'm just like, have you lost your mind? Like, you know, we're a small business and this is so much more expense, but he had a vision mm-hmm. and he didn't just have a vision, but he's going to tell you his story, but it's something that he had done to grow his own business. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I really had to have, and it was mm-hmm. not easy, but I, I had to then have faith in his vision but he had a track record that I could trust in. And I'm so glad that I did because we went from maybe eight to 10 agents to now 45 agents. And we couldn't have done that in 1600 square feet. Um, and so, you know, just his business background, um, his business intellect and insight, he's the risk taker on the team. I'm the one that's going to keep everything kind of moving smoothly and forward and, at a steady pace, but he's the one who's going to take that big leap forward and say, come on, baby, let's go. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just <laughs> close my eyes and, and leap with him. But it's worked so well and it's done so much for our business. And then Robert decided that he was going to get his real estate license. And I was really like, wait a minute, this is my territory. What are you doing? Why are you getting your, why are you, you're, you're really overstepping your bounds now, you know? Um, best thing that he could have done. And now he started the commercial division and they are, they, I mean, I, I'm not going to steal his thunder from that. I'm going to let him tell you about the commercial division, but you know, I'm just so proud as his wife and his business partner, what they've created with this commercial division. So um, 
I mean, the, the, the journey has, has been amazing and is excited because we're still very early in the journey. Yeah. Hi, Rob. You're up. Oh, man. I tell you, that was a mouthful. You know, um, as, as she said, you know, our fathers were entrepreneurs. My father was my best friend. He was my biggest supporter. And um, I guess I figured it out when I was about 19. You know, I, I, I had a hobby. My hobby was cutting hair from 13 to, you know, 15. And then one of my dad's friends came into the house and I had about five people lined up in the utility room and said, hey, son, if you want to be serious about this and really make some money, come and work in my shop. You know, this was at 15 years old. You know, after you get out of school and on the weekend, and I teach you how you know how to how to, how to cut hair professionally, and you can make money doing that instead of charging a dollar or two. So, as I worked at the shop for a couple three years, then went to college because I said, you know, that's just a hobby, you know. So I went to college, and my skill set, my trade, uh, got in the way of my of my books, <laughs> and I was I was able. To make more money, so at some point in time, I said, "Look, this this might be something, you know." So at 19, I started my first business, uh, opened up my first shop. Uh, just went riding down the streets of I went to Virginia State University, and uh, I, I looked at a I don't know, it was 500, 600 square foot spot, put four chairs in there, and that shop is still going on today. Then with a barber shop, uh, I don't own it anymore. I sold it, but you know that was the beginning of my journey, you know. Uh, soon thereafter, I opened another shop, had 21, uh, and I had 16 chairs in that one. And uh, here currently, uh, Parkside Barbershop and Grooming Lounge, uh, which is out in Innsbruck. And, you know, I'm blessed to have a wonderful staff of 25 people uh, that works for me there. And, you know, just as Katina said, uh, we started out 25 years ago in Innsbruck, of course. It wasn't anybody else that looked like me out there. Uh, one other person, uh, Harry Harris, who owned Universal Ford, that was right next door. And he and I built a relationship because we were the only ones of people of color that had and owned a business out in Innsbruck. So, you know, when, when that was started in 1995, we had 700 square feet and I had three chairs. You know, very similar to the story that Katina was just uh, uh, speaking of. And you know, when it was the right time, probably about eight years ago now, I expanded to 3,000 square feet, and now we have 25 people that work for us there. And it's a, a very lucrative business. And, uh, you know, I, I created a lot of relationships uh, throughout the 25 years with, you know, pretty, pretty influential people out there. And I always wondered how, you know, we, we can maximize those relationships. And I had no idea that this beautiful woman was going to come into my life and, and not only be my, my, my lover, my wife, my partner, but, you know, then my business partner. And, 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 and then we decided to, as she said, get my real estate license. And all of those relationships that was built over the years really transcended into, uh, into, into real estate, you know, and it, you really find out who's respected you in building and growing a business and sustaining a business over 25 years, how that correlates to now uh, going to a whole different industry in which you were not familiar with, but they trust your business intellect and they, you know, uh, trust in you giving uh, them the, the, the best, advice for the most expensive purchase in their life you know so um as i grew the barbershop from three chairs 700 square feet to 3,000 square feet and 25 people i used that same business model once we met katina and i didn't even know the correlation between the two and how similar they were because barbershop is is independent contractors and you know, real estate is independent contractors. So we just used the same model and really expanded icon to what it is now. And it's, it's, it's just truly been a blessing. And it, where I'm weak, Katina is strong. And where Katina is weak, I'm strong. So when you talk about a great, great combination and a great, you know, match made in heaven, 
as far as business is concerned, um, we make we make a wonderful, wonderful partnership. And, and, and like I told you, you know, she's, we're Mr. and Mrs. Parkside and we're Mr. and Mrs. Icon. And, you know, we, we, we share everything, everything together. And we, we're growing the business. And this is just the beginning, you know. Um, God has much more in store for us. got to talk about the commercial side just you know oh. it's been an industry where you know black faces just haven't been yeah. you know you go out looking for a black broker prior to this and it's like can't find one you know oh, they, 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 was, a commercial broker i should say he's still in um, thunder there baby that, that's his segue into this i'm sorry i'm sorry oh, oh. It was all right segue todd segue i do wonder about um the how does Richmond be the kind of place that fosters the kind of business success that you all have had? Right. So you, you are, there's multi-generational things happening here, mm-hmm. right? Um, you've been successful in more than one area. You've been successful in corporate more than one business, right? You've had growth, you've had expansion, you've had all the things. How does Richmond become a place that fosters the next icon? The next part like, like, how do we set this up to foster that kind of business community for black people? So, uh, you, you know uh, what? Um, you, you know, when when the whole Black Lives Matter um, really, really hit the fan this summer, um, we had so many of our our Caucasian counterparts and friends call us and say, let's have a conversation. What can we do? Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't have all the answers. We didn't have all the answers. But they were really, really ready to listen and really, really ready to help with positive change. And I think the more that we foster that conversation, that attitude, that willingness to hear that willingness to move forward and do things differently as a community, as a city, that you create that environment. Now, for Robert and myself, we just had to have sheer determination that we were going to be successful Mm -hmm. because we started long before a Black Lives Matter movement or before these intense conversations started happening um, about... um, equality. Um, So my father, one of the things he taught me is, you know, Katina, as a Black woman in business, you have to be great just for people to say that you're good. And you have to be exceptional just for people to say that you're great. So as a Black woman in business, don't expect that you're going to get the same um, chances, opportunities, um, excuses, anything. You have to be 100% sharp and great at your profession every single time because we just don't get that flexibility in business. We don't, we don't get that kind of cooperation and understanding um, in business. And that's how I've approached it. I've always approached it that I wanted to be great at what I do. I wanted people to do business with me because they knew that they were going to be working with um, a professional, um, a real estate expert, someone who doesn't compromise their ethics, um, someone who's going to work um, hard for them to represent their best interests. And that's how I built my name. Um, you just have to be determined that you're going to 
there's not a wall that can hold you back, you know, and that there's not a mountain you can't climb or an obstacle you can't get around to chase down your dream. You have to be determined. Um, and with the commercial group, you know, that's exactly what these guys did because you don't see black commercial brokers out there. Mm-hmm. And, and Robert is Robert is going to tell you about that. So You got to tell him, baby, because I guess so. I, I know you do, baby. <laughs> I know you do. Um, so, you know, the barbershop industry was, it's getting better, but was one of the most segregated industries uh, you know, around in the country. And, and I was a pioneer opening a shop in 1995 in a predominantly white area. And um, I guess I wanted, to, I wanted to answer your question. I forgot exactly what it was, but how does that success transcend into Richmond was somewhat of your question. And I think diversity is a key. So even in the commercial industry, that is a segregated industry in real estate. Um, we are the only black commercial broker, minority commercial broker in the Richmond Tri-City area. Um, so the relationships with the diversity that I created in Parkside essentially transcended into the commercial world. And being that there is not much representation for us in the commercial world, people that look like us, this is, this is sort of a big, a big platform in which, you know, we've been ushered with the opportunity to be able to tell people that look like us going into business, finding a brick and mortar location, uh, being represented, you know, when we have all these HBCUs, uh, in the area and they have no choice but to be represented by someone that doesn't look like them or what they stand for in the education realm, you know, that's, that's sad. So we've created a platform now. And like Athena said, you know, we have to be great to be considered good. And even in some of the transactions that, you know, we have been dealing with, uh, over the last year and a half, I started the, commercial brokerage about a year and a half ago and um you know the 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 traction that we have gained in the last year and a half has been phenomenal i think katina gets far more excited than i am because i'm in the minutiae of it all i don't have a chance to get excited but (laughs) but but her looking from the outside looking in it's like dude do you know what you're doing i'm like yeah, I'm going to work. I'm about to make this deal happen. No, no. Do you really <laughs> Do you really know what you're doing? Do you know what we have done in the last year? And it's almost like you, you're always, you know, uh, moving forward. You don't have a chance to look back. But, you know, I really appreciate her encouragement, her support, and really keeping my mind focused and keeping the success, you know, in the forefront of my face so that we really can see which way this commercial business is going and uh, the relationships that I've had in the past before real estate has really (laughs) uh, helped the situation moving forward and growing icon commercial in in, in the rapid pace that it has been growing, you know, and it's uh, we're here on the leasing side to help, you know, you know, businesses, especially black businesses, especially through this pandemic, a lot of, minority business wasn't able to get this money that was uh, supposed to be granted because they their business wasn't in order. And a lot of times our business is not in order because how you start is how you finish. You know, if you don't start in the beginning of starting your business, in the beginning of getting a, a, a brick and mortar spot starts with negotiation so that you can be set up for success in the beginning. You know, a lot of us you know, you just ride up to the to the spot that you want, call the number that's on the on the door, and they're going to represent you in their best interest. No, you have most of us don't know that you can get representation for yourself, in which the landlord has to pay for, so that you can get negotiated a great start. You know, how many how how many of us have got have gotten a nine month free rent abatement? You know, rent abatement just so that you can get your feet underneath you so that you can get your business started. You know, when you go into a spot, 
you know, in the first month, you got to drop first month security deposit and first month's rent, you know, out of $10,000. And then you're trying to start a business and then you have to pay, you know, 5,000, 5,000 every month. You're, you're crawling from underneath a stone to try to uh, grow your business where, you know, the negotiation, the, uh, the professional negotiation, which would help you get your business started on the right track early is so important. We represent the uh, uh, listings, we list buildings, we represent the buyers and buying buildings. You know, we have a white glove, full service commercial department. We have three, I have, I have two other agents that work with me. My teammates, OBK and Elise Washington, who are awesome. So we work together as a team to provide the white glove service that Icon has created and set the standard for six years ago, even before me. Yeah. And the beautiful part, Todd, is um, we have clients of all kinds. We're, we're not just servicing our community. We're, we're servicing all communities. Um, and when people come to us, it's because they know that they're going to get that white glove service. They know that they're going to get um, excellence. Um, and, and we don't compromise that ever on anything. Um, and so we're very, very proud of that. When you look at our client base, you see representations of America, of the world. And that's, and that's, and that's, you, I'm sorry, go ahead, Todd. No, go ahead. Go, Robert. And, and I would be remiss, too. This is something that hasn't just started. You know, Parkside Barbershop and Groomer Lounge, that's my baby. Uh, that was a pioneer of these barbershops. We have a melting pot. You know, primarily, most of our, 70% of our clientele is, is, is white. You know, uh, I would reduce that a little bit now. It's probably a third, a third, and a third. White, black, and other. You know, my, my staff resembles the same thing. We have Latino, we have uh, Asian, we have black, we have white, we have men, we have men of, of all kinds. And that was something that definitely wasn't uh, seen in 95, even 2005, even 2010. Now we're starting to see a bit of a, a, a blend, but, you know, that white glove service for me started then as well. You know, we, all my barbers wear shirt and tie. You know, you get a cold beer, glass of wine, or water. We have hardwood floors. We have leather couches. We have state-of-the-art ATV surround system. It is not your your, your normal, you know, corner barbershop. This is a, a business, a it's corporation, a lounge. and it's a grooming lounge. So we, you know, we just took that and moved it over to Icon as well as far as the white glove service, and that's how. You know, Katina and I operate business and to find each other, to find someone that, that is compatible with you in the same mindset and thought process in presenting a white glove service for all of our business was special. When you, when you think about um, this next generation of, of men and women that are going to, they're going to lead this city. They're going to lead in business. They're going to lead in family. Uh, they're going to lead in government in all these areas. Um, you know, they'll be your kids and my kids. And when you think about them and the kind of world and the kind of city that they will be leading, um, what's, what's your hope for them? Like this legacy that, you've, that you're building right now, when they kind of take it up themselves and embody it uh, and live it out, what's your hope for what they're going to do and what the city's going to be like. I would love to just see them and, and embrace entrepreneurship. And I say that, and I know that entrepreneurship is not for everyone and that's okay. Mm -hmm. um, everybody can't be the Indian chief and whoever the Indian chief is, they need, you know, they need some tontos to help support the vision. Um, and that's okay. That's, that's great. We need all of those positions filled, but you know, just don't, I think fear is a natural thing. I still wrestle with it every time we have a growth spurt. Um, but, but do it anyway. Don't let fear paralyze you. Um, don't let it stop you. Don't let it hold you back, slow, it, slow you down. Um, take those calculated risks and move forward and, and, and embrace your, your vision and your dream um, and, and, and see it to fruition and see it come to pass. Um, it's, it's, it's a beautiful thing. And the diversity embrace that and i mean the diversity in everything talking about race not just talking about religion and sexuality. i'm talking about ideas and backgrounds and concepts 
I'm going to really be open-minded and receptive and receptive to that because everybody has something um, to bring to um, contribute that's going to um, help your vision. So uh, I would love to see more of us embracing the idea of um, entrepreneurship. Robert and I do a lot of mentoring for people who want to be business owners, who want to be entrepreneurs. Um, some people start out thinking they want to do it and then they turn around because when you tell people, hey, what this takes, um, you're, you're looking at where we are now, but there has been a path. There has been a journey that, you know, we've bust our knees open and we've learned some things and, you know, we had to dust them off and get up and keep moving. And, and so when people really learn about the nuts and bolts and the grit of being a business owner, sometimes they change their mind. Um, but it is, it is the most wonderful thing that we've, we've ever done. And, it's, and, and when you become a business owner, it's not just about your business, it's about your community. And we always talk about, you know, looking for people who will not just have a positive impact on our company, but also are prepared to have a positive impact on our community. So it becomes an extension and you have to be willing to get in your community and get involved and be a part of, you know, positive change and positive movement. Um, you know, that, that's what I would say. What about you, hon? And so and, and to piggyback on Katina uh, and what she said as well, we are very fortunate to have three of our ch five children in entrepreneurship, you know, so being a mentor, not only for others, you know, we were mentoring 11 o'clock at night on our rooftop for one of our children, you know, um, to have three of the five children involved in uh, entrepreneurship is, is huge. So I have a bright outlook for our city in the future, at least coming from the Jones household, but other people that we are mentoring uh, within the community to shed some light on what entrepreneurship looks like. You know, uh, uh, some people say, yeah, I'm self-employed, but self-employed isn't entrepreneurship. You know, entrepreneurship is a different level of self-employment. And really explaining the difference and teaching them the difference is, is, is what's important. And I think that's something that, you know, will, will, will move our city forward as well. Good. Um, thank you both. Uh, I, I appreciate who you are, what you do, the model that you are, um, you know, not just in business, but as, as, a, as a couple, as, as two black people in love, I appreciate how you let that drive everything you do. Um, and you have this great balance between just loving each other, but also like real accountability and real, real leadership for what you're trying to build uh, with, uh, with both of your businesses. So thank you for taking some of your morning. Uh, you guys spread out through the house so we can make this work. So thank you. <laughs> uh, my, my last question is, is, a, is a bit of a fun one. I'm going to see who's got the better memory here to finish this up. Uh -oh. Where, who asked who out first? <laughs> Where was your first yeah. <laughs> Where was our first what? Where was our first what? Who, who asked who out first? Mm -hmm. Oh, um, Robert asked me out first. Okay. And where, and Robert, where did you take her? Are you shaking your head? <laughs> <laughs> Robert asked me out first. Oh, that's you asked that's me that's out for a drink with, that night that, that, we, that we met. That's the truth. He asked me out the night that we met. And what's really funny, Todd, I'm going to try to make this short as possible. Robert and I have had the same circle of friends since high school. And not, none of those knuckleheads saw fit to introduce us until three years ago. I didn't even know this man existed. A successful businessman. I was a successful businesswoman. We're both operating in Richmond. Same circle of friends. And it wasn't until three years ago that one of them had this epiphany that he and I needed to meet. Okay. And we met at a political event that I was, I was a hostess at this event. And the, this mutual friend tapped me on my shoulder and said, hey, there's someone I, I want you to meet. And ironically, I mean, he was an attractive guy. I'm sure he found me attractive. But it wasn't like this pal moment, this, this love at first sight. It, it, it wasn't. But he did call me back that evening and ask me to join him for a drink. So he got, he got, he got your number. He got me, got my number. Uh -huh. yeah. <laughs> and I got his. 
I didn't join them that night because I was exhausted and I had already had two drinks and that was my drink limit. And I said, we'll get together, you know, soon. And then I called him back that Friday and said, hey, you know, what about that drink? And he was in Ireland playing golf. And that alone was sex. I'm like, what is a black man doing in Ireland? Uh, <laughs> but he was there playing golf. <laughs> now tell your version, hon. There's always two sides to this story. You know, when we exchanged cards at the meeting, she said, let's meet up for a drink and talk business. So I look at that as being asked out first. You know what I mean? Okay. I don't I don't even remember that line. I don't even remember that As, line. And and the beauty, I remember him saying, Come join me for a drink. But go ahead, honey. Go ahead. And the and the beauty of it is our introduction was a business introduction. It was a business, mm -hmm. you know, introduction and, and, and relationship. So even the drink was going to be about business. And like she said, it wasn't love at first sight. Oh yeah, she's attractive. Um, you know handsome guy and you know but we didn't see that at first you know it was uh two business people wanting to be introduced uh, a business person wanted to introduce both of us as, as as two business people in the community so uh i'll take it you know i asked out first for a drink you know and then you know four days went by and she was like hey what happened to that drink so that's kind of an ask out again too you know so you know we'll we'll, we'll roll with that well, you know, it's uh, <laughs> you both had a hand in making the, the, the first date happen. You both had to participate. There you go. Right, I tell right, you, right. wonderful mediator. <laughs> <laughs> well, again, uh, Katina, Robert, the Joneses, the Jones family, thank you so much. Uh, I just appreciate your, your time on the, uh, on the podcast this morning. We thank you, you having for us. having us, Todd. Is thank you for thinking of us. It's been great, and I'm going to close out by saying, Robert, I love you so much. Love you with all my heart, babe. And sweetheart, you know I love you to the moon and back. You're my mm. everything. <laughs> there you go, Todd. That's the <laughs> that's the best way we can close it out. Black love just flowing all through the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks again to Robert and Katina for jumping on the podcast with me. See, I told you, I told you that black love was good, right? <laughs> if you have not connected and spent some time with Katina and Robert and their staff, and you're thinking about a new home or you're thinking about the needs for space for your business, or maybe you're thinking about some investment and you're trying to think about uh, what it might look like for you to invest and own some commercial space, go talk to Katina, go talk to Robert iconrealtyrva.com. Great team of people over there. I've worked with them myself to buy my home. So go check them out, iconrealtyrva.com. Two organizations that we are spotlighting today. The first is the Virginia Breast Cancer Foundation. Based right here in Richmond, uh, Katina is a board member. She is also a breast cancer survivor, so she does a lot of work to support this organization. They've got a couple of goals. They want to establish the eradication of breast cancer as a state and national priority. They want to advocate for the collective needs of people affected by breast cancer and educate all Virginians on the facts about breast cancer. Important work that they are doing. You can learn more about it vbcf.org. That is the Virginia Breast Cancer Foundation, vbcf.org. And then we have the Better Housing Coalition. I am a board member. I'm a big fan of BHC and all that they do. The mission is, is crystal clear to me and so, so important. Change lives, transform communities, and that happens through high-quality, affordable housing. The need for affordable housing is great in our community, and BHC is just doing really great work, having great leadership to help to combat the real need for affordable housing. And it's been especially important how they've cared for residents through all that's happened the last eight months. Really proud of that work. Uh, Katina has been a partner through BHC for a long time, helping to do a lot of the listings that happen. Uh, I think actually most of the listings or all of them really happened through single family through through Katina and her group. So you can learn more about Better Housing Coalition, betterhousingcoalition.org. 
Go check them out, see what they're doing. They actually got some houses for sale. So if you're thinking about buying a new house, that could be a good option for you. Betterhousingcoalition.org. As always, I hope that you are doing your best to take care of yourself. Put yourself in places that are good for you, affirming for you, that make you feel your best self. Whatever you got to do, please take care of yourself. And let's make sure that we are also doing our very best to take care of each other, especially during this time that is challenging for absolutely everybody. Let's do our best to take care of each other. I got something special for you this week. We got something else coming out. So stay tuned for that. And next Tuesday, we are back with another new episode in this season, this brand new season of the 40 Lessons Podcast. Thanks for listening. We'll be back later this week with something special. Back next Tuesday, right here. Talk to you soon.